0: Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoyed listening to the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. We need to think about tonight, um, the passage we're going to look at tonight, in terms of the whole book. Because if we just take it by itself, I mean, at least the whole passage, the whole Sermon on the Mount. Uh, Because if we take it by itself, uh, I think we're prone to get it wrong. Um, Often, I I think, uh, when you think about the health and wealth, the prosperity, preachers... Uh, They might take a text like this tonight that tells us, ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened to you, for everyone who asks receives, and one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, it will be opened. The prosperity preachers might take this and say, then just ask for whatever you want, Ask, and God is bound because of His nature to give you whatever you want. But I don't think that's what the Sermon on the Mount is teaching. That's not what Jesus is teaching. We need to back up. We need to take a look at the whole sermon that Jesus is preaching here and and, and look at it in that context. I want to remind us, the very first part of the Sermon on the Mount, we, we saw how Jesus gave us what we call the Beatitudes. And He tells us, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the hungry. Blessed are those who are persecuted. And what Jesus did was He turned our idea of happiness on its head. So the prosperity preacher that takes that verse and says, You just ask and you seek and you knock and you keep asking until God gives it to you and He's bound to do it. It's taking it out of context if you're talking about material blessings. Because Jesus said our happiness is when we're hungry. Our happiness is when we're poor in spirit. And then Jesus, He goes on and He talks about the law. About how He came not to abolish the law, but to fulfill the law. And as he does so, he preaches a sermon on some of the Ten Commandments. He talks about anger and how if we think we have done a good job, we've never killed anybody, have we ever been angry? Have we called our brother a fool? And how those things deserve the same punishment as murder. And lust. You know, have you ever committed adultery? Well, no. Well, have you ever lusted? Jesus goes through the law. He he tells us about the law, the Ten Commandments. And He shows us, he, He cuts our legs out from under us. I keep saying that every week. But He does this. He's cutting our legs out from under us so that we have nowhere to stand on our own so that we can rest in Him. He shows us that our... Law keeping, our trying to keep the law couldn't cut it because it's a matter of the heart. And no matter how we can rigidly, actively, physically keep the tenets of the law, our heart can never come along. Then we saw in chapter 6 how Jesus then begins to talk about good deeds, about prayer and fasting, and about. uh, Um, giving to the poor and about how all of these things, while they're good things, he says, be careful when you do it. Be careful. It's dangerous to do those good things because we're liable to be prone to do that for our own glory instead of for God's glory. And, And we end up seeing, I think, that even though we do good works, if we're all honest, sometimes we just like it when we get a pat on the back and someone to notice. And while our motives are mixed, they're hardly ever pure because we are sinners to the core. So we, our law keeping could never be good enough, our good works could never be good enough. Jesus then he tells us about treasure not to lay up treasure for ourselves here on earth but to lay it up in heaven. And he told us not to be anxious about what we will eat and what we will drink and what we will wear because our heavenly Father knows that we need those things and he will provide all those things. But he tells us this, he says, seek first the kingdom Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you as well. I think when we turn to the passage we're looking at tonight, with what Jesus said about how happiness is found in being poor and hungry and persecuted. And with how He told us not to lay up treasures for ourselves here on earth, but to lay up treasures for ourselves in heaven. And how Jesus told us already to seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, that when He tells us to ask and to seek and to knock, He's not telling us to do so for material goods. He's telling us to do so for the very same things He told us to seek. Two weeks ago in the passage we looked at. Seek first the kingdom of heaven and His righteousness. Let's go ahead and look at our text. Matthew chapter 7, starting in verse 7. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And the one who knocks, it will be opened Let's pray. Father, we thank You for Your Word. Lord, we are a stubborn people. Lord, we are sinful. And Lord, we are so prone. Lord, to judge others. Lord, to to think about how somebody else needs to hear Your Word instead of considering it for ourselves. Lord, let us put away all of those things. Lord, let us hear Your Word. Let it come down into us. Lord, I pray that Your Spirit would unite with Your Word and change us tonight. Father, I pray that You would be with me, a sinner. I pray that You would help me, Lord, to to be... Protected from error, I pray that you would help me to speak clearly and boldly what your word says. Father, I pray that you would um, you would delight in our worship tonight. Lord, we love you, in Jesus' name, amen. Jesus begins, ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find, knock and it will be opened to You. If everyone for everyone who asks receives, and everyone who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, it will be open. It begs the question what do we ask for? What are we seeking for? What are we knocking for? Um, I'm contending. I could be wrong. But I'm contending, from as I've looked through the Sermon on the Mount so far, I think it's exactly what Jesus told us already a few verses ago, what we're to seek. And that is, we are to seek the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Another thing, as we weigh out what it is that Jesus is saying to us, think about this, He was knocking out our legs to stand on. We, we had nowhere to run from Jesus. He, he says our uh, law keeping could never be good enough. He says our good works could never be good enough. And that should leave us with some sense of despair. If our law keeping isn't good enough, if our good works aren't good enough, then how can we be saved? How can we be forgiven? And I think the answer is right here we ask, we seek, we knock. It goes right along with what, Jesus, well, with what Paul said in Romans when he tells in chapter 10 how wh- whoever uh, uh, confesses that Jesus is Lord and who uh, believes in his heart that God raised him from the dead will be saved. And then he goes on and he says, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. I'm not into an easy believism where someone can just walk down an aisle and, and just pray a prayer without really thinking and that that somehow uh, popishly saves them. That they can just go through some little ritual and they're set for life. I've got, they've got their fire insurance. That's not what I'm saying. But salvation is not our law-keeping, like Jesus said. It is not our good works it is our asking. It is our coming to Jesus, coming to the One who gave His life and say, Jesus, count Your blood to Me. That's how we seek the Kingdom of God and His righteousness. Jesus goes on. He he spells out uh, some explanation of... of um, this asking, and he, 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 what he does, he uses an example, and the example here, it shows that we can count on God to answer our prayers. That's what I think he is, he is he's trying to get across from this example. He says, Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for fish, will he give him a serpent? If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask Him? He's he's moving from the lesser to the greater. We've seen Him do this before. If you human beings, you human beings who are uh, corrupt, who have sinful hearts, can do good things and give your children good gifts when they ask for them, then how much more will the Heavenly Father give to those who ask Him? The, the point of the argument that He is making is not it's not necessarily about food. It is about the, the, uh, depend, the, the dependability that God has. When we ask Him for good things, He will give those good things. Now, let me think about my son, Josh. He's not here with us, but you've all met him. Now, if he asks me for a sandwich, I'm not going to go and get one of his toy sandwiches or something like that from his toy box and give it to him and say, Here, eat this. I'm not going to go and give him a a bottle of rat poison or something like that. I'm not going to do that. But what I will do is I'll go, if he wants a sandwich, I might tell him, make it yourself. Or I might go and get some bread and I'll I'll make him a sandwich and give it to him because I love him. He's my son. I'm going to take care of him. But if he says, give me a toy, I want a toy. depending on the uh, time, circumstances, his attitude, I might say yes, and I might say no. And that is usually going to be based on what in my judgment is, is this a good thing for my son? Uh, Is it a good thing for me to give this to him? And a lot of times I, I just say no simply because he needs to learn to understand no, what no means. So in the same way, I think that's like it is with God. When we if we ask Him for something we have not been given warrant to ask for, such as a Ferrari or uh, a Jumbo Jet or, or something of that nature, then God is not somehow bound by this promise that if you ask or if you seek or if you knock, that He's going to give you that but when we ask Him for good things that He knows that He's even told us to ask for, He will answer our prayers. And He told us just a couple of verses ago as we've been going through the Sermon on the Mount, Seek first His kingdom and His righteousness and all these things will be added to you as well. So I think when we pray, and we pray and ask that Jesus would give us a, a greater understanding of His kingdom. That He would come and rule and reign in our own hearts. That we would have a more great resemblance of His righteousness Then He will answer our prayer. We don't have to worry that somehow we can ask for it and ask for it and ask for it and He will let us down. He will not let us down. He will answer our prayers. Because a good father, when his son comes and asks for something, especially something that was told, I want you to ask for this. I want you to seek for this. He's going to give it. I want to look at verse 12. Verse 12, I'm going to treat kind of like a parenthesis here. It kind of doesn't seem like it fits. But then again, it kind of does fit. It kind of changes topics. It says, so whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Now, we know this is the golden rule. Do do unto others as you would have them do unto us. What does this have to do with asking and seeking and knocking? That's the obvious question, isn't it? What does this have to do? Well, I don't know that it has so much to do with asking and seeking and knocking, but I think it does have something to do with Jesus' illustration that He shows. What does He say there in that later part? He says, If good fathers know how to give good... Things to their children when they ask Him, how much more will your Heavenly Father give to those who ask Him? So then, on that basis, we need to be like our Father. We need to be like our Father who's in heaven. How do we treat other people? Not like what we talked about last week, judging them. No, we need to treat others like we want to be treated, just as God treats others with kindness. Think about what our Father has done. He feeds the sparrows. He feeds. He, he clothes the grass. And He reigns on the just and the unjust alike. He has loved His enemies. That's something Jesus talked about here earlier in the Sermon on the Mount. And here we see it. Since our Father in heaven will give to us good gifts when we ask Him, just like any uh, earthly father will give good gifts to their children. So we need to act like our father. We need to treat others with kindness, with goodness, just like we would want to be treated. And as Jesus says this, it's an explanation uh, of the second greatest commandment. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus says, this is the law and the prophets. You know, Jesus. this isn't the first time Jesus talked about the law and the prophets in the Sermon on the Mount. Earlier on, right after the Beatitudes, what's Jesus say? I have not come to abolish the law and the prophets. Let me double check. yeah he even says law and the prophets he doesn't just say law he says, I have not come to law to abolish the law and the prophets but to fulfill them and here Jesus says again, This is the law and the prophets um, when we think about the Ten Commandments when we think about the law that was given there're really kind of two parts there's that that there's that part that is uh Between us and God, you shall not have any other gods before me. You shall not make any graven image. And then there's that part that is between us and our fellow man. Um, You shall not murder. You shall not lie. And I think when when we obey the, the golden rule, as we call it, do unto others that you would have them do unto you. This fulfills the law and the prophets in the sense that if we're doing that, and we don't have to necessarily worry about every little meticulous thing that's given out, spelled out in the law. Just love our neighbor, and it'll it'll come naturally. We'll obey. I want to come back to this, uh, to the first part: ask and it will be given; seek and you will find; knock and it will be opened to you. Now, I I, I wouldn't be. Um, fully covering this, if I didn't answer this objection. What if I have something in my life that I've been praying and praying and praying for, that it's something that God has, has told me to pray and ask for and seek and to knock, and I just haven't seen the answer yet? What if it is praying for a, a lost family member What if it is some besetting sin that just continues to ensnare you or me? And we have prayed and we have prayed and we have prayed and we we are wondering, is God ever going to answer this prayer? And He will. I don't believe that... uh, He's telling us to ask and to seek and to knock for material things. But we are to ask and to seek and to knock for His kingdom and His righteousness. And Specifically, I want to think about that besetting sin, that thing that, that keeps us down, that we just keep promising, God, I'll never do that again, and we just we keep letting ourselves down. He will hold me fast. Just like we sang. He will hold me fast. It doesn't depend on our works. It doesn't depend on all of our efforts. It depends upon the grace of Jesus that was his blood shed for us on the cross. And if you have been praying, that God would set you free from something for a long, long time, and you're waiting and waiting and waiting. He will answer your prayer. I think we have confidence from his word, he will answer your prayer. It doesn't say anything about the timing. It may be tomorrow, it may be a week from now, maybe a year from now, maybe a decade from now. But you just keep on seeking, keep on knocking, keep on asking. Don't give up. Because when we give up, the battle's gone. But don't give up. Keep on seeking. Keep on knocking. Keep on asking. And He will answer your prayer. He will finish what He has started in each one of us. So we ask, and we seek, and we knock. And the things that He has told us to ask for, we can know that they are certain, because God is a good Father who gives good gifts to His children, but ultimately we can be certain because they were already paid for on the cross. They were already paid for. We just cry out and we ask God and we know it's not not me. It's not what I've done. It's what Jesus has done. And we throw ourselves down and we ask. Thank you for listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. For more information, please visit us at redeemerbaptistpanama.wordpress.com or you can like us on Facebook.